0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدنا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى أتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فاللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وصلِّ وسلم على سيدنا محمدٍ في الآخرين وصلِّ وسلم على سيدنا محمدٍ في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين وصلِّ وسلم على سيدنا محمدٍ في كل وقتٍ وحين وعلى آله الأطهار وعلى أصحابه الأخيار وعلى أتباعه الأبرار إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتنَّ إلا وأنتم مسلمون وبعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وان خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا وعظيمنا رسول الله فان فان كل أمو فان أك فان الامور محدثاتها فكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلال وكل ضلاله في النار often times when we talk about religion we talk about similarities with other religions because this is the age of let's get together and and be friends. And that's important because the Qur'an addresses the plurality of the human condition. And the Qur'an acknowledges that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us into different tribes and different nations and different languages. لتعرفوا, so that we can know each of these groups And this is part of the divine design And this is part of the secret من آياته From the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That He has created us different However, when we do that Sometimes we forget the unique features You know like when a company has a new product You have to distinguish the product from its compare well, We have some unique features And one of the unique features that we have one of the unique qualities that we have is the Quran. And the Quran, unlike some of the other uh, traditional or revealed uh, messages or books, the unique feature about the Quran is that it has been preserved in all of its entirety. The Quran has been preserved in its script, fi rasmihi, and the Quran has been preserved in its recitation, fi qira'atihi. And the Qur'an has been preser- preserved in the rules of how it is recited. So that if somebody did not know the Arabic language, was not a native Arabic speaker, but learned the rules of tajweed, they would recite the Qur'an and what would come out from them would be exactly the way that the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet wasallam. And I've used this example before, but if you take a, a book of literature, a famous writing of Shakespeare Or the poem of Gilgamesh Or one of these great pieces of literature That we have in the Western canon Even if you learn the original language You will not necessarily know How to pronounce those words Or how it would sound The way it was originally recited Thousands of years ago Hundreds of years ago Etc We probably do not know with certainty Even how the founding fathers sounded If we were at the Continental uh, Congress, and we heard them discussing how to establish the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. All We probably would not know exactly how it sounded now. Maybe ex- approximate it. But with the Qur'an, even if you are not part of the culture, even if you are not part of the language, if you learn these rules and you recite the Qur'an, what is coming out is exactly the way it was revealed from Gabriel to Prophet Muhammad wasallam. And one of the unique features of the Qur'an in its preservation is that it is preserved with or without us. Even without human agency. It is preserved because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares in the Qur'an, Indeed, we alone have revealed the Qur'an and we alone will preserve it. So if we were all to forget the Qur'an, God forbid, or something like that, the Qur'an would still be Preserved, and this happened m- many times throughout our history That cities were burned, and libraries were burned And people that had memorized the Qur'an were, you know, perished, died of old age Or died in battle, or died of plague, or whatever These things have happened, but despite that The Qur'an lives in its written form, and its, in its recited form So this is one of the unique features that we have One of the gifts that we have been given Is that we have a book that has been proven to be accurate in all of its manuscripts. All of the manuscripts that we have of the Qur'an have been studied, have been collected, have been collated, have been put together, and they all equal each other. In other words, there's no missing verse here, missing juz' there, missing surah here, missing surah there. It's all one, with or without us. That this stands as a standing miracle, as a standing tribute, to the veracity of the statement of the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone will reveal it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone will preserve it. So we should be proud of this unique feature. We should be proud that we are the people of the Qur'an. And to underscore this, the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he says, as is narrated in many of the collections of hadith, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وعلم. The best of you are those that learn the Qur'an and teach the Qur'an. Of all of the pious acts that we have That one could do Of all of the great uh, uh, devotional acts The Prophet ﷺ singles out The person that learns the Qur'an And teaches the Qur'an And one of the unique features Since this is the theme One of the unique features of the Prophet ﷺ Is he was given jawama al kalim He could say huge things In in small uh, bite-sized speech This is how he was his, his fluency of language was that he could make massive statements that we're still writing about till today, but the hadith itself is only a few words. In other words, he didn't have to mumble to, to get the point across. The best of you are those that learn the Qur'an and teach it. But the Prophet he left this open. What does learning the Qur'an mean? Look at our history of how we learned the Qur'an. The learning of the Qur'an started by the preservation of the script of the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an was revealed orally to the Prophet The Prophet did not know how to read or write the Arabic language or any language. He was illiterate in that sense. But when the Prophet gave the the companions these verses and these surahs and all of this as he was living throughout his prophetic life they wrote it down. And by the time we come to the khalafah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr there was an effort to join all of these parchments into one mushaf. But it was joined together without, you know, the dots that we have in the Arabic language, without the vowels, because every, at that time they knew how to read that. Now if you gave that to an Arab now, they would not know how to read that. And then we have the khilafah of Sayyidina Omar, and then the Khalif of Sayyidina Uthman, radiyallahu anhu. So he compiles all of the masahif, and he makes one standard script of the mushaf. This was the beginning of how the script of the Qur'an was preserved. But the community didn't stop there. There are people throughout our history who have dedicated their lives to learning how to write the Qur'an. Simply as in the Mus'haf and how to write the Qur'an beautifully like the calligraphy that we enjoy. When I studied with some of the Mauritanians, they told me that in Mauritania there are tribes that will not accept a marriage proposal from a man if that man has not demonstrated that he knows how to write the entire Qur'an without making any mistakes. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, إِذْ About marriage, look for the person of religion, then you will be victorious in your marriage. Those tribes, they don't say, oh, are you a doctor? Are you a lawyer? Is your skin as white as powder? All of this nonsense that we hear, let's be honest. They don't say that. They said, if you can demonstrate to us that you can write the Qur'an without any mistakes, you have our blessing for the marriage. And they study these poems of the rules of how to write the Qur'an. You know, that's one way. الْقُرْآنُ <laughs> وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you are those that learn the Qur'an and teach it. And then there are artists of calligraphy. And I was blessed to spend some time with Hajj Zakaria, you know, the famous American Muslim calligrapher. And we were having lunch and, and we were, he was talking about some script discrepancies in some of the Qur'an. And I said, what do you mean? And he took out a napkin, you know, at the dinner table, he, he, you know, he drew it. And what he drew on that napkin, I still have it today, it was the most beautiful thing. It was just one word that he wrote. I could not do that if you held a gun to my head. I could not write the way he wrote. And I asked him, I said, how do you make it look so easy? And then you see his studio, he spends all day, you know, working on the Ra, working on the Sheen, working on the scene, so that when he does these beautiful calligraphs that are celebrated around the world, it looks seamless. But he dedicated his life to the script of the Qur'an, of how to identify a mistake here, oh, this alif is it's extra here, this alif shouldn't be there, like in Ibrahim and things like that. For the people that know this, this is an area of discussion. And the script of the Qur'an is the ultimate, one of the ultimate art forms that our religion has produced. To beautify our homes and the masajid and our tombs and our madrasas and our universities with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's just, all of this is just the script. And then we have the recitation of the Qur'an. How the Qur'an is recited. And as we know, there are multiple ways of reciting the Qur'an. And each way has a direct chain back to the Prophet Sallallahu And each way has its own rules that you have to learn. So there are schools and people that have dedicated their lives to learning how to recite the Qur'an accurately. Because this is part of the preservation of the Qur'an. It's preserved in its script as it is preserved in its recitation. Never forget this. And to make matters even more, they not only master how to recite the Qur'an, but they graft on the recitation of the Qur'an the modes, the maqams of the Arabic poetry. So that they recite the verses in a certain meter of song, and music, that would take out from that verse, its intended meaning. So when you recite verses that have to do with the hellfire or yawm al qiyamah, you pick a a meter, a mode of recitation that that will make the person listening quiver. And when you have the verses of Jannah and the verses of Allah's mercy, you have a mode and a meter of recitation that makes the person happy. And this is, this is an art form, you know, by definition, this is a very high art form, not only to learn the rules of tajweed, but to be able to affect emotionally the person that is listening for the, to the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an is not just a book of arithmetic, it's not a book of science. This is the eternal, uncreated speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speaking to you directly. When you read the Qur'an, It's as if it has been revealed at that moment to you Because Allah's speech is outside of time There's no beginning and end to it And when you think about what this means Psychologically, it's very hard to articulate this in words If you've ever been in love with somebody You get to a point where words cannot describe to that person how you feel There's nothing that you can say to express what's on the inside But when you look at that person and that person looks at you in that moment, you know the love that you share for each other. And I hope each of you at least once has experienced this in their life. This level of love, this level of emotion. Well, imagine the emotional and psychological impact of the uncreated speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you recite it, as you hear it. Even if you don't understand the words, you are moved. H.R. Gibb, one of the famous Orientalists of you know, two generations ago, he grew up in Alexandria, Egypt, the real Alexandria, not, not the one here. And they asked him later in life, why did you go into the study of Islam? And he said, when I was a kid, I grew up in Alexandria, hearing the Qur'an being recited in the marketplace of Alexandria. And it left such an impact on me that I migrated towards the study of Islam. Now, he wasn't necessarily a believer, but this is the impact that just hearing the Qur'an had on somebody. So the person that masters the recitation of the Qur'an, the rules of the tajweed, the maqams, the modes and the meters of of Arabic music as it were, elicit for us this impact, this emotional visceral uh, reaction when we hear the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being recited. And all it takes is you to search YouTube and find all of these international Qur'anic competitions and see the wonders of people reciting the Qur'an of all backgrounds, of all ages, of all races, of all ethnicities even women who have excelled in the recitation of the Qur'an and words cannot describe, it's hard to describe the beauty of what that sounds like this is why the Prophet said the best of you are those that learn the Qur'an and teach it so that's its script and its recitation. And then there are those that have dedicated their lives to understanding the Qur'an. Other than the recitation and the script, what do these words mean? What do these verses mean? What do these chapters mean? What do these stories mean? And when you jump into this ocean of tafsir, all of the tafsirs, they have the word ocean in it. Al-bahru 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 al bahrul al-Madeed, al bahrul al-Kathif, al bahrul al-Waseed, the wide ocean, the thick ocean, the vast ocean al tafsir al kabir the enormous magnum opus tafsir because the mufassir when they come to they're like well, this, is, this is never ending this is never ending the meanings that we have from understanding the quran and if you uh, go to um altafsir.com which is a very reliable online tafsir uh, website they have there uh, in multiple languages, not just Arabic and English, but multiple languages, all of the great tafsirs. And they have them categorized. you know, there are Sunni tafsirs, there are Shia tafsirs, there are Mautazili tafsirs, there are Sufi tafsirs, so on and so forth. Look at, take one verse that you like, or that comes to mind, and look at all, switch the, the, um, the, the down, uh, the, the menu, drop down menu, and flip through the tafsirs and see the wonders of how people understood The words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Really, the Qur'an is the gift that keeps on giving. In Al-Azhar, they used to say that the person reciting the Qur'an is Al-Halib. He is the one that draws the milk from the animal for the ones that are listening. Which is why the person that leads the prayer, sometimes they make mistakes because it's just overwhelming. And maybe the person leading the prayer does not have the joy that the person listening has. Because they are drawing out for us the meanings and the the lessons and the maqams and the tajweed and they're they're thinking about all of these things. So the person that does the tafsir tries to understand the Qur'an have preserved for the community the Qur'an. This is the person that has learned the Qur'an and has taught taught it to us. You see the Qur'an services everything in our religious life. And everything in Islam services the Qur'an. When you go to study Islam formally, we have what we call al ulum al naqliyah we have the narrated sciences you know fiqh and hadith and quran and things like that but then we have al ulum al aqliyah we have the rational sciences like the sciences of the arabic language grammar uh, logic mantiq all of these things and those are called ulum al ala the science the tools why are they called the tools because you take these tools and you go to the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you open up the hood And you start to analyze and and experiment and understand. Even our entire intellectual paradigm was built to service the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of our art form, our dress, our architecture, everything has been informed by this book. So we talked about the script, the recitation, the understanding, and then its application. So other than the enjoyment and the spiritual... uh, Um, the spiritual impact that the Quran has on us we also want to understand it but apply it and there are people that have dedicated their lives to seeing how do these verses apply to the here and now this uh, exercise of Ijtihad how do I look at these verses and draw meaning for the now how do I look at these stories and draw inferences for how we live our life now or if something new happens Oftentimes we've talked about blockchain in the past several months. You know, how do we start to understand these things? We go back to the Qur'an and we start to look and look and look. And if we think that we've looked in the Qur'an for one one afternoon, you know, Imam Shafi, he read the entire Qur'an like 70 times to answer one question. Over a weekend, by the way. So sometimes you have to go back and back. And that's why all of those tafsirs are called oceans. Because to, to dive into the Qur'an, it's really to get lost in this ocean of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala's divine speech. And to really understand what these mean. All of this from this one hadith, The best of you are those that learn the Qur'an and teach the Qur'an. Whether you learn how to write it, whether you learn how to recite it, whether you learn about its meanings, whether you learn about its implication, that the unique feature that we have in our tradition is that somehow we have some portion of this great book? But the book comes with a warning label. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing the Prophet, he says, Inna sanulqi alayka قولا In the beginning of the revelation, Allah tells the Prophet, We are going to give you something heavy. This, re- this book is something heavy. Which is why the preceding verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, "Ya Muzammil, قُمِ اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا نِسْفَهُ أَوْ إِنْقُسْ مِنْهُ أَوْ زِدْ عَلَيْهِ Oh, you who are rapt, because he was in shock after the initial encounter with Gabriel. Allah says, stand all of the night, accept a little bit of it and pray. Or maybe you can do less, recite the Qur'an because we are going to give you something heavy. Meaning that the Prophet ﷺ was ordered that he had to ready himself for this revelation. And this is why at the time of revelation, the Prophet ﷺ's blessed chest was cut open and his heart was cleansed. In the night of Isra and Ma'raj, the Prophet ﷺ's chest was also cut open and his heart was cleansed. All of these were physical preparations for what was to come to the Prophet ﷺ. Now we're not going to receive the revelation, that already happened. But when Allah سبحانه وتعالى says in سَنُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا We are going to give you something heavy That also applies to us when we read the Qur'an What is our level of preparation As we approach the Qur'an And the preparation is not like you have to do Jumping jacks and sit-ups or something like that It's not physical right? It's spiritual <laughs> Do they not contemplate and ponder the Qur'an, or are there locks on their hearts? Meaning that the heart is what we use to understand the Qur'an, not just the mind. Now look at people like ISIS. They, they read the Qur'an all the time. They read the Qur'an more than we do. Look what they do. We don't do that. The Prophet warned us about people like that. He said, the, the thing that I'm most concerned for you is that you learn the Qur'an, you become a leader in the community, and then you change the meanings of the Qur'an. And then you go against your neighbor with the sword, and you kill him. Ibn Hibban, the Prophet ﷺ, has narrated this hadith. The most, he said, the most that I am worried for you is that this will happen to you. The Prophet said about the khawarij, you look at them and you look at yourself, they pray more than you, they read the Qur'an more than you, they fast more than you, but they are, you know, they are the dogs of hellfire. Kilab-u nar the Prophet said. Look at people that take the Qur'an and try to change its meanings. Um, Try to come to the Muslim world and sow doubt in Muslim communities Not so much now, but in the last century this was very common Especially North Africa But those people read the Qur'an too What's the difference between them and us? It's this preparation in approaching the Qur'an Is to be clean on the inside And to stay clean and humble as we approach the Qur'an This is the warning label that's on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you open it. Is that when you want to get out of this, you have to come with a level of preparation. Are you opening the book to argue? Are you opening the book to uh, create mischief? Are you opening the book to create doubt? Or are you opening the book because you want guidance? Because the Qur'an is a guidance. If you don't know all of these things, and you're not prepared, you'll get lost. And the story of how the Quran was revealed is, um, on the Prophet is an illustration of this example. That the Prophet was prepared physically, emotionally, spiritually, he was ready to receive this revelation. And because he received this revelation and he was ready, he was able to deliver it to us. But if we want to get out of the Quran all of this, you know, all these beautiful things, that we have to make sure that as we approach the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're ready to receive. It is no accident that Ramadan is the month of the Qur'an. And it is no accident that the month of the Qur'an is the month of fasting. Is when you are, we are forced to the, be on our best behavior. And as we listen to the Qur'an and as the nights of Ramadan pass one after the other, our hearts get softer and softer and softer. And this is a you know a yearly reminder for us that this is the impact that the book can have but you have to be ready for it so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us ready and purify. Astaghulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahu li wa lakum. Fastaghfuru innahu huwa al-Ghafurur <laughs> Rahim. A'udhu billahi minash shaitani rrajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barik ala sayyidina wa mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. So the whole point about talking about the Qur'an is that tonight, inshallah, at 7 o'clock, we have a, a Qur'an recital that uh, Brother Ennis's students, insha'Allah, will be showcasing uh, their, their skills and what they have learned uh, in all of the things that we talked about, about the recitation and tajweed. And uh, we honor uh, our children, of course, and we honor Ennis and his family. Uh, for the sacrifice and the patience, that, and it's a lot of patience because as I'm teaching upstairs, I hear with one ear downstairs, it takes a lot of patience with the kids. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless Ennis and his family. And I encourage everyone to come, uh, inshallah, this evening to to hear uh, the results of this uh, you know, gift that we have. The other thing I want to mention is we, we have a few more weeks until Ramadan, so please donate to the, in the boxes because as we said, everything... Of all of these weeks will be doubled. Uh, somebody will double everything that's been placed in the boxes. So please, uh, please do that. Tomorrow at 12 p.m., uh, there's a janeza preparation class for brothers and sisters. It's going to be here so, and lunch will be served. So please RSVP. Uh, and janeza services is one of those things that, you know, people don't want to attend until, you know, somebody dies and no one knows what to do and it's a crisis. So it's, it's always good to be prepared. It's a communal obligation of the so we should attend, inshallah, and we should learn. Uh, and also, the last announcement is to sign up for hosting Ramadan iftars. Believe it or not, they're almost—you know—they're going rapidly. So, if you'd like to host one of the weekend iftars at the center, please sign up after Jummah, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to purify us on the inside and on the outside to make us. Uh, ready to receive the beauty of the Qur'an and the light of the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our children, to bless our parents. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on those who have passed before us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us in the month of Rajab, to bless us in the month of Shaban, and to make us arrive safely in the month of Ramadan. Uh, tonight is the commemora- commemoration of the Isra and the Ma'araj. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us the people of prayer and to make us people of remembrance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to adorn us with the beautiful habits of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to heal our wounds to fill our uh, fulfill our debts for those that are on the wrong path we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them to the straight path we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our schools and our businesses and our center fa allahumma hdinna fiman hadayt wa 'afina fiman 'afayt wa tawallana fiman tawallayt allahumma barik lana fima a'tayt allahumma qina wa asrif 'anna sharra ma فإنك سبحانك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك ولا يظل من وليت ولا يعز من عديت باركت ربنا وتعاليت اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان اللهم انق من دائرة سخطك إلى دائرة رضاك وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك واحشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة وسقنا من يده الشريفة شرب ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم أدخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخل يا رحيم فاللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع أيدي الأمم عنا وأقمنا بالحق وأقم الحق بنا ورزقنا تباع المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم في الأقوال والأفعال والأحوال وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاه إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوطا